Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. Welcome to episode 91, where we sit down with Lion Goodman, who is a co-founder and CEO of Lou Mary Leadership Institute. He's a author of five books, including his most recent book that he co-authored on, Transforming Trauma. And then he's a subconscious pattern detector and transformational coach. In this episode, we talk all about beliefs. How are they created? We talk about limiting beliefs, how we can get over those. And we talk a little bit about manifestation and um, a little bit about Lion Goodman and his story of his near death experience that he faced uh, when he was 26. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Please share this with your friends and people that you think can benefit from this. Um, And I hope you enjoy the show. Um, I always start every single podcast I've ever recorded with who is Lion but I haven't asked everybody else who was lying. I asked them, hey, Jan, who is Jan, right? <laughs> who is lying? And um, how do you spend your time today? Well, first of all, um, that is a question I've been asking myself since I was uh, in elementary school. Because mm. I was kind of a weird kid. And I didn't know how to be socially acceptable to other kids. And I had my own mind about things. And I was a loner and trying to figure out other people because I thought if I could figure them out, then I could, and I, if I could be like them, then I'd be acceptable and I'd be normal. Mm. And so uh, over decades, many decades, uh, I've taken over a hundred workshops and trainings, studied with gurus, did shamanic practices, uh, all in search of that very question. Who am I? And I think it's the most powerful question a person can ask because we are highly complex and really interesting beings. And the more you know about yourself, the wider and more powerful you become. People who can operate in the world without ever knowing who they are because automatic behaviors and other people's opinions and, and their admonitions, what you should do and shouldn't do, what's good and what's bad. So it's possible to build a life without ever asking that question. However, when you do ask that question, you become wider, bigger, more awake, more aware, and more capable. 100%. And you you mentioned something really, really great there is that, you know, you try to be like others who are around you to be liked or to be accepted. Like we all want some type of love, affection. And um, I think a lot of times in society, we pull away from our own inner nature to try to be like what we think we should be like, right? And it becomes some type of conflict within ourselves. Um, So I just thought that was really special that you brought that up. Uh, What's some some thoughts you have on that? that? What what made you, I guess, you had to have had some inner conflict to go into this spiral of actually studying the human mind and subconscious patterns and different things like that. How did that all that start for you? Golly, I think it was uh, in elementary school, I was looking at other kids and thinking, I'm not like them. Hmm. 
So at the core, I felt different. And therefore, I thought there must be something wrong with me. Now, interestingly, that's what most children do is they blame themselves for whatever circumstance they're in. If their parents abusing them, they think, well, there must be something wrong with me that I would deserve this abuse. If they, they go to church and they find out that Jesus is Lord and you're not, and there's something wrong with you, you're an original sinner or whatever the particular flavor of that is, there must be some, there's something wrong with me. So not only do we have it inside ourselves, but other people reinforce it. And then we have this desire to be with other people, this social part of our animal nature. And yeah. we evolved from troops, troop animals, apes and monkeys, and they know that they need to be part of the troop because if they get pushed out of the troop, they're going to be food for some predator, right? right? They need the troop to survive. And so this drive in us causes us to look at other people and say, what do I need to do to belong so that I don't get pushed out so I don't die? That's really bottom line psychology. And the first troop we're in, of course, is our family. Mm -hmm. So we look at our parents who are who apparently have skills and abilities, and we say, I want to be like you so that you will like me and not throw me out to the wolves. Yeah. And then we look at our siblings and we want to be like them. And then we look at our friends and we want to be like them. And we, we form cliques so that we can be on the inside rather than the outside. And so outsiders always have a different point of view because they're not in the clique, right? And they're trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And I was no different. I was an outsider trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And and so I said, I got to find out what that is. What is that thing I'm missing? And so I started studying ESP when I was in junior high school and reincarnation. And then I got to high school and I was studying science, psychology, and tr trying to learn what is it about me that's wrong, that's, that's fucked up in some way. Right. Uh, and and so then I got to college and then and I, fortunately I met a, my teacher my true teacher who said the answers are inside of you look inside of you explore everything on the outside of you but apply it to yourself so when I studied physiology I was looking at my own physiology when I was studying psychology I was examining my own psychology when I studied physics I was examining the physics of me right so everything became relevant all study went back to me, even history. Okay, these are what people did. And now what do I learn from it? How can I behave in a way that will improve the world rather than tear down the world? So this quest to to find out what, what was wrong with me was the initiation. And then at the age of 26, I think that's your age, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. At the age of 26, uh, I was a traveling salesman and I picked up a guy whose car had broken down to give him a ride. Uh, he spent three days with me, and then the third night out, he pulled out a gun and shot me four times in the head. Wow. And that was an awakening moment. Um, the good the good news is I didn't die. Uh, and in fact, it got me out of my body, and I could see from a different perspective. Suddenly, I was seeing that I wasn't the body either. I wasn't this self, this personality. I was something else beyond that. Right. And that furthered my quest. Say, what the heck is that? Now, after all these decades of study, I found out the truth, which is there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with anyone. We are subject to these forces of psychology yes. and so social pressure and media and all these things. 
but there's nothing essentially wrong with us because our essential nature is God nature is light in us. Yeah. 100%, 100%, some type of meta experience, right? Feeling yeah. beyond who you are. Yeah. And so, man, you, you, you unpacked so much there. And, <laughs> and, and I want to go back to, like you said, the beginning that, that first tribe is your family, right? And uh, reading the, the four agreements, it, it reminded me of, he talked about this scenario of a mother coming home from a long day of work, frustrated, tired, just wanted to sit down in peace and quiet. And her daughter, who she loved, they had a great relationship. She was just singing, singing loud, having fun. And her mother just didn't want to hear any noise at all. So she said, please be like, shut up. Your voice is the most annoying thing ever. You know, it's just a quick thing. And so that girl, it affected her for the rest of her, her life to the point where she did not want to sing ever again. Right. And so small instances like that, when you take something personally or somebody says something to you, you, you start to believe it. Um, is this how most self-limiting beliefs happen? Right. Right. So limiting beliefs, really all beliefs are limiting. When you beliefs say that as a cat, mm. you're, you're limiting that animal to a single word. Right. When you say uh, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> That's a limiting belief because there's nothing wrong with you when you say there's something wrong with me or I should my voice is annoying. So that part is indoctrination. We are told mm. something that is false because it was annoying to her at that moment, not all the time. And, you know, she could have said, honey, I'm in a really, really uh, tough space right now. Could you go outside and sing? I'd love to hear you sing outside. Right. Right. And that would have <laughs> shifted that woman's life. Right? Mm. So what I do, what my work is, is to go in and help people find the core of that limiting belief, the source of it. In this case, it would be that moment and then heal that moment in the mind. And then that moment, it's as if it never, never happened. And now it frees the person from that limitation. And that's that's the nature of my work. 100%. And so what what exactly, okay, so when you say core belief, right, or the core, yeah. what do you mean by that, a core belief or getting to the core of it? Can I talk about that? That's interesting. Yeah, to talk about that, we need to talk about what are beliefs. You know, to me, beliefs are the infrastructure of the human mind, like the plumbing underneath the ground that, you know, comes up and we get water, right? So our mind is like the water where it comes out, but there's all this infrastructure below in the subconscious mind or the unconscious mind. And we have, uh, we have a skill, we're born with it, called detecting patterns. And so even babies in the womb can tell the difference between mother's voice and father's voice outside the womb. So people in the womb are already detecting patterns. And then we use those patterns to survive. My friend calls this the patterning instinct. Every time you come to a conclusion about the pattern, that's a belief. Like, oh, if I do this, then mom smiles at me. If I do that, mom frowns at me. Mm -hmm. And so I want her to smile because that feels better. So I'm going to keep doing that thing. And that's one of the rules of the mind is that if you're in danger and something happens and you do something and survive, the mind thinks you have to keep doing that thing to keep surviving. Right. And that's part of the nature of beliefs. 
So that little girl said, okay, I need to not sing in order to get my mother's approval forever. And the mother could be dead and she could be a grown woman, but that pattern is set in the in the mind through that belief structure. So when I talk about getting to the core, I talk about those originating experiences. Sometimes it's multiple originating experiences. I've worked yeah. with people who have been beaten severely over and over or or become sexual slaves over and over. And you know, those are really deep, complex systems that have to be taken apart piece by piece. But eventually, when you take them all apart and you delete them, the person's free. They're free from that thing that's been holding them back. I'll give you a great story if you'd like. I, uh, I was working with a with a multimillionaire. And he said, you know, I have this pattern. I make a bunch of millions of dollars and then I lose a bunch of millions of dollars. And I make a bunch of millions and I lose a bunch of money. What's going on? And so I took him back through my in my process. And we got back to a time when he was three years old. It's very similar to your to the girl story. And he was walking with his mother on the streets of New York and he saw a shiny penny. And he got very excited and he reached down to pick it up. And his mother said, Don't pick that up, it's dirty. Ah, he suddenly realized that the reason he couldn't hold on to his money is because his mother told him money is dirty. And we cleared that and he stopped losing millions of dollars. So right. that was the originating moment that set that particular belief into motion. And then the belief keeps working for the rest of your life. So we just take apart whatever it is and whatever caused it. Sometimes they're they're self-limiting beliefs. In other words, I came to that conclusion myself. Sometimes they're indoctrinated. Sometimes they come from our culture. Sometimes they come from the media. So our beliefs can come from lots of different places, but they all operate the same way, is that they limit our behavior or they give us, they, they create our thoughts, they create our emotions, and they limit our behavior. Mm. They limit our behavior, and then it can be used as a survival mechanism to, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. wow, that, that's very interesting. And so, did you help him get to that moment, right? Or did he yeah. get to yeah. that moment on his own? Yeah, I, you, I I created the, the clear beliefs method, which is a method of getting to that subconscious pattern and clearing it. Okay. Is it a, how how can folks do that? Is it is it a technique or how folks do that, or do they need somebody like you to actually chat? Is it important to have somebody else there? I, I I'm a big believer in having a coach, having somebody that can help you. If something is really limiting you, whether it's health, finances, whatever the case may be, is it something that folks can do on their own or do they need to see somebody if this is an area of, of focus for them? Uh, there's many ways of clearing beliefs. My methodology is particularly effective, um, but there's lots of books about clearing your own beliefs. And there's lots of techniques out there. Most of them work for some people some of the time. And not everybody all the time. So you have to experiment with different techniques. I train coaches how to do this methodology, and they become very effective coaches. I've trained over 550 people so far around the world in this methodology, and they're out using it in their practices. Whether they're a healer, a coach, or a therapist, or, a, or an executive consultant, they can use this process in their practice. So it is something that you need a coach for, because it's it's much more involved than just a simple technique. Oh, I teach 15 different methods to help extract those old patterns and install better ones, new ones. Um, and so, but you can learn to do things on your own. We have a program called Clear Your Beliefs, and you, it comes with a coach. 
And uh, and so they can go through eight sessions. And during those eight sessions, you learn the, this particular technique. And then you can use it for the rest of your life. But it does take some learning. Here at Plain Injured, we value mental fitness and giving folks tools to persevere through anything in life. If you struggle with brain fog, fatigue, or staying focused, I want to present to you the latest biohacking tool called Magic Mind. It's an amazing productivity drink. Look, I've been drinking Magic Mind for the past few weeks, and I've noticed a difference in my level of focus, the momentum that I feel throughout the day, and it's helped me feel more successful and conquer my calendar. Magic Mind is the world's first productivity drink. It's different than an energy drink or a coffee-based drink with minimal caffeine and all-natural ingredients, helping you fight off procrastination, brain fog, fatigue, and some ADD symptoms. After about three to seven days of continuous use, it's easier to get into a flow state and be more productive. Magic Mind has a special offer for our listeners. Head over to www magicmind.co forward slash injured and use our promo code injured for 20% off. Visit www.magicmind.co forward slash injured and use our promo code injured for 20% off. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I guess in a way, I feel like even as an adult, some of these beliefs can hinder us, right? It's always a lot of negative in the world and and folks who are going through things. Right. And uh, they may say something to you right now. Hey, like Josh, this shirt, this green shirt that you got on right now, it looks terrible. Right. I was going to mention that. (laughs) And so I could I would never put this shirt on again when I'm shooting a podcast. (laughs) Right. And so I get is it is it ways that folks can not allow these um, beliefs to get in their ways now? Is it ways to protect themselves now from allowing these beliefs to get into their brains now? Yeah, I have a lot of simple techniques that are helpful. The first is to recognize that that it's just a belief. Mm. It's either my belief or somebody else's belief. So if I said that to you, hey, Josh, that green shirt, and you went, Wow, that's an interesting belief you have. Then it doesn't come in to the to this our self, our deep self, right? Um, or if you thought to yourself, "Wow, this shirt looks terrible," and you went, "Oh, that's that's just a belief." So the fact that it's just a belief minimizes its power. Wow. And so that's the first thing I want to teach people is, "Oh, yeah, it's just a belief. Everything's just a belief." You can hear a voice in your head, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, it's an interesting belief. Thank you. You know, it's like, like, I don't have to take it seriously, so seriously that I feel bad about myself. Yeah, 100%. Do those, so do those thoughts come from our subconscious mind? And because I've heard these things of, you know, you you are not your thoughts, right? It's just a thought or it's just a belief. And you don't have to believe everything that you think. That is true. Right? Uh, and, and you don't have to believe everything you feel either. Mm. Uh, however, we are deeply patterned people. And so it's nice to say you are not your thoughts. It's much different to actually practice that and to recognize that your thoughts are simply beliefs or productions of your beliefs and that you you get into the observer mode and you recognize that you're the observer, you're not the thoughts. 
Right. That's what meditation is for. Lots of meditations that could do that. And that's helpful to separate the observer of us from the actor of us. However, it's also easy to slip back into the, the actor and and forget that you are the observer and to forget that you're a child of God and to forget that you are you know pure light because the world is constantly pushing and pulling us into our sense of the old self that we have. And the patterns are deeply set. They're like a rut in the road that a wheel gets caught in. And it takes a lot of force to get it out in the right way. And if you do too much force, you break the wheel. Right. right. So so it it's it's a delicate process, uh, but it's doable to clear those beliefs. And once we clear them, they go away and they don't come back. That's the power of our process. Many right. techniques, most techniques actually to clear your beliefs, come back over and over again because they haven't gotten down to the multidimensionality of the of the core. It's our beliefs are multidimensional because our experience is multidimensional. We're seeing, smelling, hearing, touching, feeling, notice, noticing, you know, um, energetically being with the environment is is giving us input. That's multidimensional experience. We're not just a thought. We're a thought, a feeling, you know, all the time. So we got to get to that multidimensional aspect of the belief and clear it out multidimensionally most techniques are like a like you know all you got is a hammer everything looks like a nail you know so you tap everything and say the phrase you know over and over again and that's great it clears your energy at the moment doesn't really clear it from the subconscious mind or you beat on a pillow and express your emotions that's cool you clear the emotional part but you haven't cleared the mental part or the memory part so it takes multidimensional process to clear it permanently and completely. And then you're a new person. Then your identity changes. I'm not that belief. I'm not my mind. I'm not my thoughts, not my emotions. And then you find out who you really are. Wow. And it goes right back to the beginning of who you are, right? Man, that, that is so that is so deep. So um, I would like to go back even because um, we impact a lot. I wanted to unpack a lot because you unpacked a lot when you talked about um, how you got into this space in the first place. Um, I want to go back to the, the trauma that you faced at 26, right? And the and the effects that it had on you in particular after that. It's, it's a pretty traumatic thing. You, you bring somebody, you help somebody, you trust them, um, and they kind of portray you in a way. How did you get out of kind of that space or, or that trauma yourself? Um, I want to approach this the right way because I've written the story. It's on my website and people can read it. And then there's a film has been made about an award-winning film was made based on my story. It's been published in books and, you know, on the internet. Um, so first of all, I had already studied a lot of stuff done inner work. You know, I'd taken little workshops and studied myself and been guided by a coach. And so I was already pretty aware uh, and so I was on the road and I was a nice guy and I'd help people along the way. And this guy that I picked up, um, his car had broken down. He didn't know what to do, had no money. So I gave him a ride. And over those three days, I, you know, he gained, I gained his trust. He gained my trust. I'd send him on errands and he became kind of like a assistant, you know, a, a, for my, I was selling products to stores. Um, and so I was quite surprised when he pulled out a gun and shot me. <laughs> and so but as soon as it happened, as soon as I realized that he had a gun, he was shooting me and I was going to die, I thought, okay, well, how do I want to die? Because I, I, there was no way I could defend myself. 
And I thought, well, I don't want to die angry. I don't want to die upset or freaked out. I want to die in peace. So what do I need to do to die in peace? I need to connect to source and say, I'm coming home, you know, and 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 be in that space of of peace and love. And and I sort of opened my channel and it, all this golden light came down and filled me with love and and light. And and if and after the third bullet, I was already out of my body and looking down on this little van with two people in it and going, Oh, that's amusing. <laughs> so right. Um, and this the being that was seeing it was not my personality. It was another part of me, another aspect of me. Um, and it was clear that I was not that little body down there. So when I survived, uh, survived the incident, um, I was already in love and light. And when I came back into my body and started talking to him he freaked out first of all because he thought he had shot me dead uh and suddenly i wasn't dead but i kept him talking for eight hours and uh and basically he transformed as much as i did because i was loving him as you know at the same time that he had just shot me and that love transformed him and me both so it's a longer story but that's probably enough for now Oh, yeah, man. I, first of all, it's just allowing it, it, it's just allowing to still be in a position to give somebody love. Right. Yeah. How important is that? Even in, in, in situations like that. And it can be something very minor. Somebody, for instance, lying. If you did tell me <laughs> my shirt is ugly, I know for a fact it's not something with me. It's something going on with you. And for me to say, hmm, that's an interesting belief and still lead with love, still lead with grace. How great of an impact would that leave you? Yeah. Imagine a world in which people do that all the time. Lead right. with love, lead with peace, lead with that place of recognizing, hey, we're both human beings. We're both flawed. You know, we're in this together, in this world together. We need to take care of everybody. And make sure nobody gets left behind. And we have work to do. Now, this planet's in, in desperate shape at the moment. It's about 106 degrees here right now. And you know, we, we the climate is something we all have to do together because nobody's going to solve it by themselves. Uh, politics, nobody's going to solve it by themselves. We need to all come together to, you know, to, to solve that problem. And we are humans. So as humans, we are good problem solvers when we work together, when we're all split apart into individuals and eh, not so much. We get polarized. We fight with each other. We kill each other. Then we have to revenge the other person who killed my friend. And uh, it, So it it's we are very creative and we're also very destructive. Yeah, 100 percent. Man, it, it's so much I can go through with you. Um and so one one last thing I want to go through with you is manifestation, right? Um, and our beliefs. How do they go hand in hand? I wrote a book on manifestation called Creating on Purpose. Mm -hmm. I've got a program coming out very soon uh, based on that book. And I wrote it with Anadea Judith, who is an expert in the chakra system. Not everybody's familiar with the chakras, but they're basically energy centers in our body. It goes, dates back to the ancient Hindus. Um, and so in the chakras, you're, the first thing that happens up here at the top is you're connected to source. 
And that's where ideas come from. It's like we we make them up or they come from source. But then we have to visualize them. We have to go to this the sec the next chakra, the sixth chakra, and see what we want to manifest clearly. And we have to work on getting that clarified because I have an idea I want to start a business. What kind of business? I don't know. I just want to start a business. <laughs> well, right. visualize it. What what exactly what exact business do you want to start? How will it look? How will it function? So then you get you get visual visualized, you get your clarity of vision. And then you move down to the fifth chakra, which is communication. And then you have to start talking to people about your vision and say, this is what I'm proposing. What do you think? What would you buy? What my product? And so communication and relationship begins there because you can make up anything in your head, right? But as soon as you move down toward reality, toward physical reality, you have to involve other people. And then the heart chakra is the next place you go. It's the fourth chakra. And that's relationships. You have to build relationships. Let's say you want to build a house. You have an idea for a house. So you go to an architect and you say, I want to build a house. And he starts asking questions about, well, what do you want to build? I don't know, just a house. <laughs> no, what kind? How, how big is that house? Where is it going to be located? And he helps crystallize the vision. And then he t- takes it into a form of a blueprint. But then you have to have a relationship with a banker and a contractor and 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 uh, the the previous owner of the land who's, who's buying it, and lawyers and accountants and all that. And so th- then you're in relationship with people. And then it moves down to the power center, the will center, and the third chakra. And that's when you actually take actions that move your vision forward. Mm-hmm. And any of these parts, any of these aspects of ourselves can be interrupted, can be, can be weak, or can be too strong, or can, can just be dead. Yeah, right. So you move down to the second chakra, which is passion associated with the sex organs. Right. But in this case, when you want to create something, you need the passion to keep moving forward, even though there's blocks and barriers and resistance coming up. So that's what drives you, allows you to drive forward, even when things are bad. Because if you believe, well, they don't want it anyway, or it's too hard, or, uh, you know, I'm I'm not supposed to be visible, then that will stop you. At the level of the will, it's, I can't. That's the belief that will stop you. At the heart is, I don't have relationships with anybody or I'm not liked. That can stop you. At the at the voice, it's like, well, nobody wants to hear what I have to say anyway. And that can stop you. Or at the top chakra, I, I don't have any good ideas. That can stop you. So that's why we need to use all the chakras and clear the beliefs at every level. So we go from the second chakra, passion, down to the first chakra, which is are grounding, right? That's where we start getting to the ground. And that first chakra is connected to our legs and our feet. And our feet are what takes a step forward, right? So, right. so that is the using the will to take the step forward, get through the blocks and barriers. And then with enough time and passion and heart and communication, you can manifest anything. Wow. I love that. So it's a process. It is a, it's a, it's a process. And I definitely want to pick up that book. Uh, yeah, as it, it, you said, it's coming out soon. It did it, come out. The book, is, the book is out, Creating on Purpose. We're about to come out with a recorded program based on it. And it'll Perfect. be on creatingonpurpose.com. It's not up yet, but it will be soon. I love that. And so um, other, I know we talked about a few other things that you have going on, a few other programs. And I would love for you to, to share that with, with our audience. 
Good. Uh, we offer a free monthly event called Discover Your Beliefs. And each month we do different topics. So we did one on money. We did one on love and relationships. The next one is going to be on sales and marketing and visibility. So Discover wow. Your Beliefs for free. We have coaches there to help you find out what that core belief is. And then we have a three-week program where you actually get to delete that belief. We call that Delete the Beliefs that Defeat You. So that's a paid program, but you know they kind of go together. So uh, people can sign up for that at beliefrelief.net. And we welcome you to come and try one of our free programs, see what we do, and then come into our three-week program and uh, clear that belief, clear at least one belief that's in your way in whatever realm you want to clear. So we're kind of topic neutral, but we focus on different topics to get different people excited. It's like, oh, I got a money thing. I want to go do the money one, or um, I've got a you know a business thing. I got to do the business one. So that's that's a great program. And for people who are practitioners who want to learn how to do this clearing process for their clients, we have a, a very elaborate training called the Clear Beliefs Coach Training. And that's at clearbeliefs.com. And that's a it's a a 21-week program that is about 100 hours of study and practice. So it's very rigorous, but people come out of there with this ability to use all the tools, 15 different tools, to help people heal trauma, uh, clear childhood wounds, delete beliefs, whatever's in your way that's on the inside, we can clear. Now, if there's something on the outside, like a circumstance, like you know, it's a bad economy. Well, what are your beliefs about the economy? You know, mm -hmm. what's stopping? Because there's people making money during a bad economy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so we clear whatever the beliefs are that are in the way. Yeah. Changing their perspective and changing their beliefs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and doing it permanently, right? Mm -hmm. And so I love that. I love that. And I think it's well needed. Um, and so what I'm going to do is make sure that I put these in the footnotes because um, the, the beliefs is core of it all, right? I believe so. That That's my perspective. You know, there's other people that think thoughts are the core of it all. Other people think emotions yeah. are the core of it all. Spirits are the core of it all. It, it's okay. They're just different perspectives. This one, yeah. beliefs happens to work really well to create permanent change. 100%. Well, Lion, you, add, you added a ton of value. And I think a lot of things, heavy hit things that people can unpack and start to think about in their own lives. And um, I, I appreciate you coming on. Josh, it's been a pleasure. I love talking, as you can see. And I love sharing. I love sharing this this wisdom that I've accumulated over a lot of years. I'll just say that you know, more than 40 years of study and practice uh, that that I get to now share with others because I'm grateful for all my teachers and I always wanted to be a teacher. And now I am one. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. No, I'm 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 a student, man. And, and I would love to be a teacher, but you you you're first a student and you know, I, I, I do realize that the more conversations that you have and the, the more perspectives that you get to understand, um, man, it, it just makes you that much more powerful. And you shared some new things that I heard. One thing I heard that, that was new was that all beliefs are limiting. You're limiting it to a specific thing. And so, um, man, it's, it's a lot. And I can't wait to, to re-listen to it again. Right. And for my audience to listen to it, because uh, this was this is pretty special. This is pretty special. Thanks for having me on, Josh. It's been a pleasure. Our brand design and strategy is by Tessa at fivefootstudios.com. 
You can also follow her on Instagram at Five Foot Studios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead and subscribe so that you never miss an episode and click the five stars to give us a rating. And most importantly, keep playing injured.